Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. You can open your Bible or your app to Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> We're going to be uh, dealing with... Uh, Jesus teaching on several things. Yeah, you can go ahead and relax a little bit. I know when the word fasting comes up, everybody puts up an automatic guard, you know, a shield. Uh, it's not one of our favorite t- topics to to hear or to t- talk about. But I want you to know today that my my point in all of this, our time together is not about getting you to fast. Okay, it, getting you to fast is not the point. What I want out of this is that you would be open to whatever the Lord would have for you in your life. And if God calls you to push away something in order to draw near to him, that's what I want you to do. And so I want you to know a little bit more about fasting and what it means and how it works. uh, Because most of us don't participate in that discipline. But it is a Christian discipline, just like prayer is a Christian discipline, just like giving is a Christian discipline, just like serving is a Christian discipline. But we don't need to feel guilty about it. We don't need to be guilted into doing something spiritually. It needs to come from a heart. And if, if God allows you to go through your whole life and never lays a, a fast upon your heart, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. And you will never get criticized for that. But you need to be open to what the Holy Spirit does in our life and what he says to us. Uh, so if you would go ahead and turn to Matthew 6. Give me just a second to get there. I'm there now. I'll be reading out of the ESV uh, version, and, and I'm going to skip a little bit through it. You can, you can follow along probably, but Jesus is teaching, and he's talking about several different disciplines, Christian disciplines. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. What, what he's simply saying there is when you do good things or you give, don't make a show about it. Do what you do and, and, and let it be between you and God. A little further down, <clears throat> he's talking about prayer. And he says, when you pray, you must not pray like hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. And he goes on to talk to us about prayer, and he doesn't talk in terms of, well, if you pray or if you do good things. He's talking in terms of when you do these things. So we go on down, and we see down around verse uh, 16, he says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Now, whoever those hypocrites are, man, they're a bad bunch of people, aren't they? I mean, three times he's talking about the hypocrites. I, I, I don't know who they are, but... I'm sure we don't have any of them in this place. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And then he goes on to talk, talk about laying up treasures in heaven instead of laying up treasures on earth. So it's a, it's, it's a great beginning for us to deal with 
the idea of fasting. So if you would, would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Let's pray together. Uh, If you would, pray this way. Pray, God, would you allow me to get what you want me to get today? Would you allow me to be sensitive to your spirit today? Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer, the privilege of reading your word, the privilege of of being taught and teaching. I thank you, Lord, that you allow us to preach the gospel. I I thank you, God, for, for all these things. I thank you today because you brought all of us here for this day, this moment, this time, that it is not an accident that we showed up here at this place this morning. So, God, we just open our hearts to you today. I ask you like I usually do, Lord, would you just guard my mind, my thinking, my speech. Don't allow me to hurt or harm anyone, but, Lord, help me to build people up today and allow your kingdom to be strengthened. We thank you for it today. We bless your name for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the most uh, influential books in this past century was written by a man named Richard Foster. And the book is called Celebration of Discipline. Anybody read that, Celebration of Discipline? If you have not read that book, I want to encourage you to read the book. Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. It will change the way you look at things. In our society that is driven by pleasure, doing without anything is simply unheard of. It's not well received. If we have something, why not use it? If we've earned it, why not spend it? Why would we not want to eat or to drink or to have my coffee? Why? I've got some friends uh, sitting close by me that decided they were going to fast coffee. And about after a day or two, they switched the fast, right, to something, to something else. Some things you just can't live without, you know. We know that there is a time for everything. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that. There's, there's a time for everything under the sun, a time to build up and a time to tear down, a time to, to plant, a time to harvest. And in this area of, of fasting, there is a time to fast, but there's also a time to feast. There is a time for pushing away, but there is also a time for celebration. And I want us to at least start thinking about what fasting is about and how it affects our life. Again, this this isn't a guilt-type message. This is one of these informational uh, messages that I want you to have every discipline available to you that you need in order to live the life that God wants you to live, to make your life what it should be. So let's begin by defining what is a fast. A fast in the very strictest uh, definition or sense is doing without food and drink for a period of time, Uh, not forever. You got that part? It's doing without food and drink for a period of time. And it has been practiced over thousands of years by a lot of different people. Sometimes we think about fasting as a Christian thing, and there certainly is a Christian fast. But fasting is done by the Buddhists. Fasting is done by Muslims. Fasting is done by uh, so many different groups of people that it's really interesting. Um, But strictly speaking, it's doing without food and drink for a period of time. And, And in a more specific way, fasting is doing without one of God's regularly enjoyed good gifts in order to pursue deeper, more eternal things. It's pushing away something that is temporal, 
or short-lived in order to gain something more permanent, more eternal. So why is fasting such a challenge? And I, and I want to ask you this because fasting is one of the toughest things I do. It's, it's one of the hardest things. I have failed at fasting more than I failed at anything else probably. I mean, after, after a few hours of doing without my normal you know, lunch or, or dinner or whatever, my stomach really goes crazy. I feel bad, my, my ability to concentrate goes down the tube, my blood sugar goes low, and it's sort of like, oh, God, are you really in this? Maybe I wasn't hearing you. Maybe this is not what I need to be doing. Um, but why is it such a challenge? And here, here's, here it is. Fasting, in, again, in our consumer-oriented world, is countercultural. Just like sex before marriage. Having sex before marriage, that's countercultural. Not having sex before marriage is countercultural. And, and I'm mixing that up a little bit, aren't I? I'm not advocating sex before marriage, okay? <laughs> what I'm advocating is abstaining from sex before marriage. And that is a, a countercultural thing. And that's the way fasting does as well. Mostly it is because there is an overwhelming philosophy in our life that says... It is good to satisfy every human passion now. Right? That's the way our world thinks. It is the right thing to satisfy every passion we have, and we want to have it now. We've incorporated that even into our faith. We want everything to feel good. We want affluence. We want to be comfortable. Oh, you, you guys are going to love this part. I'll get past it real quick, okay? We want to be comfortable in our faith. We want to be comfortable in our worship. We want to be comfortable in our daily living. Thus, there is very little tolerance for anything that is uncomfortable or unpleasant. And that's why most of us don't fast. But Jesus said, when you fast, you're to do it a certain way. So... The next question is, is fasting biblical? We're going to vote. How many of you think that fasting is biblical? How many of you think that fasting... We don't even need to vote on that one, do we? There are a lot of examples of people fasting in the Bible. I want to run down just a few of them. When Abraham's servant went seeking a bride for Isaac, he fasted. Moses fasted on many occasions. Hannah, when she prayed for her son to be born, you know, she was barren, and she ended up having a, a little boy named Samuel, okay? She fasted for that. David fasted on several occasions. Elijah fasted after his victory over Jezebel. Ezra, Nehemiah both fasted. Esther when the nation of Israel was in the balance, she fasted. She did a complete fast for three days. No food, no drink, no water. Esther did that. Daniel fasted on numerous occasions. Jesus fasted when he began his public ministry. Paul fasted at his point of conversion. So there are a lot of examples in Scripture that show that fasting is a part of the spiritual life. So why should we fast in the first place? The first reason to fast, the main reason to fast, is if God calls you to fast. Now, there will be times when a church 
will call a fast. A pastor will call a fast. We've done it here. There will be times when your, your small group will fast together. Maybe they'll fast a meal a day or whatever. There will be times when there's a, a call for a fast, but most often a fast comes about because God has laid something on your heart and you, and you want to fast. Another reason is that it reveals the things that control us. I want you to, I'm going to slow down here for just a minute. We cover up so much going on inside of us with food, activities, technology, shopping, sports. But fasting, whether it's food, activities, technology, shopping, sports, allows us to see those other things. It, it's, it shows us where we're leaning instead of on God. If food has to be a part of our life, and of course I'm addicted to food, so. But if it's the, the main part of your life and God is not the main part of your life, then when you fast, it's going to show you how dependent you are on that. If <clears throat> Facebook, social media, is such a controlling part of your life, then fasting social media or Facebook, or Snapchat, or anything else, will show you where you're weak. It'll show you where your dependence is. So it's really important that we understand that when we fast, it uncovers things in our life. And the third reason is for urgency, for a need. The truest fast, I think, for me, is when something comes into my life, and I am so burdened, I'm so taken up in my heart, that I simply can't eat. Does that resound with anybody? That it has become, there's something so big, something so harmful, something so hurtful, something so important that food has no place for me. This has a greater place for me. And I push away those things in order to give attention to those things that are super, super important. And, and that's kind of <clears throat> something that we need to notice. In that list of people that I told you about a few minutes ago, Esther, David, Moses, uh, all these people who fasted, notice why they were fasting. Moses had a nation to deliver, right? Esther had to save a nation. Paul was at a place where his whole life was being changed. And there will be times in your life, and you probably already have been there, when there's been something so big, so major, so, so ma big and major in your life that something has to happen. And your heart is drawn toward God to ask for help. So why should we fast? Because God places in our heart. Because there's a need. And because so, I, I, something's in trouble. Because you have a child in trouble. Because you have a major decision to make. Because you want to hear God's voice more clearly. Because you're concerned about your community's problems. So many reasons to be open to the idea of pushing away the temporal in order to bring eternal. We fast in this life because we believe in the life to come. Amen? Let me say that again. We fast in this life because we believe in the life to come. We don't have to have it all here and now because we know we will have it all in the coming age. 
We fast now what we can see and taste because we've seen and we've tasted the goodness of Almighty God. So what should we fast? Well, the obvious thing, uh, first of all, is to fast food, to, to stop food or to drink. And this is the normal way Scripture speaks of fasting, and it is an important part of fasting. I'm, I, I want you to know today, if you have never fasted, do not feel bad about it. If you've tried to fast and you failed, don't feel bad about it. Fasting is something that God lays in your heart, places in your heart, that allows you to come closer to Him. So it's not, it's not to make you feel guilty. God, you know, God is not in this guilty shame thing. He doesn't shame us. He frees us from shame. Okay? So we have options to fast food. Uh, fast a meal in order to spend time in the Word or in prayer. Fast all meals all day. Fast three days. Fast meat. Fast coffee. Fast breads and sweets. Fast ten days. Whatever. Do a Daniel fast. You've, you've heard of all these different things. It, 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 it is important, however, to make sure that you're, you're doing smart things. It's, it's very difficult to do without water for very long. You need to make sure that if you're diabetic or if you have major illnesses that you check with your doctor. Be smart about this, okay? But there are other things to fast besides food. You ready for this? You may fast television. Does anybody watch television? Yeah? Does anybody sometimes ever feel like you spend more time in front of the television than anywhere else? Now, you don't have to answer. Don't do it. Don't embarrass yourself. <clears throat> How about video games? Wives, I need an amen here. Um, sports. You can, you can fast chocolate. Just don't fast uh, the ice cream thing that Darren has going on downtown. Don't fast that, okay? <clears throat> I, I've known some people who actually fasted washing their clothes and cleaning the house. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's a legitimate fast or not. <clears throat> So how to get started, what to do, how to make it real in your life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fasting is hard. Anybody agree with that? Fasting is hard. And if you're new to this thing called fasting, okay, it's, maybe it was a big deal that you, you're reading your Bible regularly, you know? It may be a big deal that you're taking time to pray before you go to bed every day and you, or, or, or set up a devotion. It may really be big, and now the pastor is throwing fasting in your face. So it may be really tough for you, and, uh, but if you're new at this, uh, you probably will be surprised how difficult it is. It's easy to talk about fasts. It is really tough to do. So just want to prepare you for it a little, little bit. Start small. Start small. If you've never ever been involved in fasting, uh, 
don't jump into a week-long fast and think you're going to be successful and get anything much out of it. There are some personalities that say, well, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. And so they, they go eat their hamburgers and they load up and get a steak or two. And then they say, okay, I'm not going to fast for a whole week. And they last just about four hours, you know. So don't be that person. You're going to ease into a fast and you're going to ease out of a fast, however that works. <clears throat> Start by fasting maybe a single meal. Maybe fast one meal for several weeks in a row. Then maybe you can build up to doing a full day or maybe even a two-day fast with juice. You know, drinking juice in a fast is generally good. It gives you a little bit of sugar in the system. It gives you some nutrients so you continue to do your thing. If I had to do a complete fast, no food, no water, I would be worthless. I would be worthless. Uh, <clears throat> so plan what to do with your extra time. Start small and then plan what you're going to do with extra time. And yes, you will have extra time. Anytime I've ever been on a fast, whatever kind of fast around food, I find myself with an hour and a half more time in a day. An hour and a half at least more time in a day. What are you going to do when you've got that much time? Because you're not going out with the girls or the guys to lunch. You're not going out with the family. You're not preparing the big meal for the family. You're, you know, you've got all this time. What are you going to do? If you fast just to, to, to hold things away and not pursue Christ in this, then all you're doing is, is, is worthless for you. So what you do is pursue Christ. Read the scriptures a little bit more. Re read the devotionals that you've been reading a little bit more. Spend a little bit more time in meditation and in prayer. Or even in, God forbid, serving someone. Do something instead of, do something of eternal value instead of doing something of a temporal value. In fasting, you'll have more time for all these things. In one of my major fasts of my life, the time that I had was remarkable. I had so much time on my hands, I, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't plan well enough. Uh, <clears throat> so I was, I was studying the scriptures every, every, every day. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But without a purpose and the plan, Christian fa fasting accomplishes little. So when you do a fast you got to say, why am I doing this fast, and how am I going to operate this fast? Don't just say, okay, I'm not going to have this meal. But what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Thirdly, keep it to yourself as much as possible. You don't go around saying, hey, hey, can't go out to lunch with you guys today. I'm, going, I'm, I'm fasting this week. You know? Keep it to yourself. Nobody needs to know about that. It's between you and God. And that's, what fa that's why fasting is so special. It's not between you and the pastor. It's not between you and your spouse even. Now, you can let them know because they're going to have to do a little adjustment in their lives. But it's between you and God. So keep it to yourself. Next one is try different types of fasting. You might fast with a small group. You may fast with your family. What? What? Our family is going to go through a fast? Why, sure. Why would your family not go through a fast? Does anybody have a perfect family? No. Does every family run into issues? Yes. 
Is it appropriate for your family to fast together for need? Yes, it is. How about with your closest friend? Is there a special need or an unusual circumstance? And then finally, fast from something other than food. Fast from something other than food. And you know I've already touched on this. But if social media, computer, technology controls your world, put it down sometimes when God tells you to put it down. We had a testimony this morning in, in the workers today. It was a mother of a family of six. And they declared a fast from technology in their family for a month. Yep. And I asked one of her sons to give us a testimony of it. And he said, yeah, it was a little bit hard. But in the end, we were all together more. We played board games. We talked together more. And at the end of the month, we all felt better about everything. <clears throat> if food has controlled your life, then when God speaks to you about that controlling thing, be willing to put something aside for the good of your eternal life. Christian fasting turns our attention to Jesus. And I think what I want you to get out of this, we're not going to go much longer, but what I want you to get is God will speak to your heart and he will urge you to put something aside for the sake of coming closer to him. When he does that, just be open to hearing his voice. When Jesus returns, fasting will be over with and feasting will begin. In this life, we need to be willing to hear the Holy Spirit and to allow him to touch our hearts. And finally, fasting is a discipline like prayer, meeting together for worship, giving, serving. And in the end, it all comes down to our heart. What is God saying to your heart? So that's my small, short, quick teaching on fasting. Uh, please don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you've got to go out and fast this week. Um, enjoy the good things God has given you in your life. But when you find yourself so dependent on those things that it's keeping you from coming, from coming closer to the Lord, be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit nudging your heart, heart to put something away. I've known people who have been so physically healthy that they'll do almost anything to maintain that physical conditioning. And yet, they're not willing to push it aside in order to become stronger spiritually. I want you to know something. You're not a physical person and then a spiritual person. You are both. You are both. And if you neglect the spiritual side of your life, you're neglecting a major part of your existence. Okay? Uh, this morning, as I had our workers, I had us all in a circle, and we, we had a little bit of discussion. I wish we could do that today. But, but just know this. God is not standing over you with a, a stick. And when you mess up, he doesn't beat you over the head. He lovingly convicts you of your sin. He lovingly urges you to come back. 
He lovingly draws you to his side. And when he lovingly reminds you that your life is not to be built around technology, your life is not to be built around food, your life is not to be built around sports or activities or conditioning, your life is to be built around Jesus Christ. When he reminds you of that, my, my advice to you is listen and adjust your life just a little bit so that the Holy Spirit can make a difference in you. Let's bow our hands. I want to pray over you. Father, I thank you so much today for the privilege of reading the scripture, for the privilege of sharing uh, your teachings about fasting and praying and serving. I thank you, Lord, today that you have allowed us to be reminded once again that you are a loving God and you care for us. And that you're, you, you have so many wonderful things for us. And that when we run into the difficult places, when we face what we're having to face, that you're right there with us. That you're never going to leave us. You're never going to forsake us. But you're going to be closer to us than our very next breath. I thank you, God, for that. And I pray today, Lord, a blessing upon these people and upon those people who are watching uh, online. I pray today, God, that you would bless those who are brokenhearted today. I pray for those, God, who are weeping in their spirit today. I pray for those who are struggling physically today and mentally today. I pray today, God, for those who are, who are bound down with the cares of life, the struggles of life. And I pray today, God, that you would allow your sweet Holy Spirit to come into their room, to come into their car, to come into their life, and to rescue them from this heartache and this hurt. Lord, we love you today, and we trust you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name.